Welcome to the third Big Brother Canada 3 eviction recap episode of the UR Team Number Podcast. My name is Michael Harmstone and joining me as ever is one reason to be born in the 604 area code, Logan Saunders. Evening. And the Australian who was so near yet so far, Ben Powell. Hashtag Ginger Ninja, hashtag 248, peace! <laughs> uh, you can tweet us using the hashtag yetandcast or email us at yetandcast at gmail.com. And like the video. So what did we think of this week? Double eviction week? Uh, started terribly, ended good. Yeah, I'd, I'd say net positive, because you know we got all the fun Greg stuff this week. But, yeah, Kevin... Wrong additive. Kevin let me down. I am disappointed, Kevin. You had hopes for Kevin to begin with? Yeah, kind of. I had hopes that he wouldn't do something stupid, and what did he do? Something stupid. Uh, he went with the safe option with uh, given you only had like five minutes to nominate two people. I do kind of wish that he hadn't been forced to nominate immediately, though. Isn't that cruel that he had to go through all the campaign after he already did a nomination so that for the next day or so, or I guess it was 24 hours, that he was just stuck listening to all of the things he probably should have done and just kicking himself for 24 hours straight? Yeah, I mean... The producers had a lot of fun with that. I didn't. Rather than, you know, isolating someone for 24 hours. It was just painful. Like, watching, watching, you know... I mean, clearly, you, the moment Neha got nominated, you knew what was going to happen by the end of the episode. Like, Brittany wasn't going anywhere. So, just to just to watch it, like, knowing knowing it's death march towards Neha going is not very fun. No, but then it, it perked up towards the end of the week. I guess so. I was It was pretty fun, but... Like the, the start of the week was pretty tragic. I wasn't a fan of that, especially since you know we we spent like twenty minutes, half an hour last episode discussing what he should do and what would be smart for him to do, and if he was the, half the player he said he was, he would do these things. And then you know, fell fl- everything just fell flat in his face, and yeah, he didn't ask for it though. He's probably one of the few people that have earned the title of trying to throw an HOH but somehow still win it. And, gain, and being able to crowd surf after your unwanted uh, HOH win by the other house guests. All he needed was the Gatorade. So, previously in Big Brother Canada, Bobby hung tough to win the first HOH of the season. Kevin was the target, but Cindy schemed against the boys and won the POV to get her nominated. Uh, Bruno woke Greg up to try and break up Nea and Brittany, but it didn't work. And Cindy was evicted at 12-0, and Kevin knew instantly that he'd won HOH and had to go to the vault immediately. Because it's an instant eviction, yay! Where's that crickets button? Kevin, please go to the vault. Oh shit. Great first reaction there. Lots of cursing. He punched and all of his rage out. And as we mentioned, Kevin did nominate Nea as his target. He couldn't nominate Sarah or Willa because they've got too good a relationship. Can't nominate Pilar because she's too cute. Healy. Who? And he eventually decides... You pronounced it wrong. Yes, that's what I was going for. And he eventually decides to nominate Brittany as his pawn. But in a fun twist, the producers make Kevin keep it secret until Arissa tells him otherwise. If he lets the secret out, he will be evicted. Greg's outfit was the best, I must say. (laughs) Sadly, we used up all our Greg ridiculous dressing points last week, so we can't really use it again this week. (laughs) Well, producers have been uh, trying to be repetitive with how much airtime that Kevin and Johnny have been getting, so why not be repetitive about Greg's outfits? I'm not 100% whether his glasses are actually real, or whether he just brought in frames in the hipster way. Is it a mass hallucination we're all having? (laughs) Probably. I I hope that when he comes back for the massive competition next week that he does have some sort of ridiculous outfit. Um, So Bruno and Greg beheaded the try to get Nair out. And Zach and Jordan form the <sighs> Bromuda Triangle with Kevin. That's when you know you've gone through too many alliance names. And Nair reveals that Bruno, Greg, Bobby and Godfrey are a four-person alliance, which needs to be split up. But then we get Johnny's birthday! Yay! Johnny actually gets burgers for his birthday. Burgers and beer. His two favourite things in the whole entire world. Kevin is number three. Kevin is a close number three on uh, Johnny's list of Things that he wants on his birthday. Actually, Kevin's number, Kevin's number, Kevin's number four. Um, his number three is surfing. <laughs> Very true. So we get to the eviction, and just for 
fun because it's an instant eviction. They make them all go into the vault, write down their votes a la Survivor, and then have to read them out to the group. If only they did this with Cindy last round, as was supposed to happen. That's what I tweeted them on Twitter like a week and a half ago, saying if Cindy... If you're going to have the Cindy with an S joke, they need to write down who it is that they're voting for. Otherwise, the joke makes no sense. And then they wait to do that 24 hours after Cindy is gone. What up with that? Do you think that they actually anticipated that Cindy would probably go this week and thought, we'll put that in as a fun joke, and then, you know, it backfired on them? I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. Instead, she gets well, evicted with an E. Well, let's see. Uh, you had not enough faith in her, and the producers had too much faith in her. So this is what it's sort of a balancing act. You never know. If it's a massive endurance competition next week, she might come back. And then we can have another Cindy with an S write-down vote. Yeah, but that, that would impede that would impede on the person who left this week. Uh, the person who first left this week coming back, and I can't I can't deal with that. I felt so bad for Sarah in this bit of the show, just going into the vault, crying her eyes out. Bobby did the same thing, oh, yeah. if I recall correctly. Yeah, Bobby only pretended to do the same thing, though. <laughs> can I point out, like, my least favourite part of the show, like, in the US and Canada, is people who think it's, like, um interesting or funny to like um i thought i thought you thought i was showing emotion but i was faking because i'm such a good game player peace you know, those kinds of people were like you know probably probably was going on about how like um i, I was i was actually laughing but i pretend to be crying because i want people to think i'm emotional and then there's ridiculous stuff in the in the pantry and then yeah I'll, i'm getting ahead of myself but i'll go I'll, I'll go on further about it when i'm like when we when it the situation becomes appropriate just going on a l- little bit further anyway, I kind of hoped that Bobby would go home anyway because Greg was a much better TV character. Good is subjective. We would have had a funnier show if Greg would have stayed because Greg is... Loud, annoying. Yeah, sort of like a non-misogynistic version of Dan from World to Park. Non-misogynistic? Well, less misogynistic. I don't think Bobby's ever going to threaten to punch someone in the face who just so happens to, I know, be mine and Logan's favourite player in the season. We we do have a wonderful uh, Greg and Bayer exchange during the instant eviction because... Unlike the other evictions, Arissa didn't actually tell them not to talk to each other. So when Greg reveals his vote for Nehar, obviously, he says, you're the new Neda. You're better than Neda. The new Neda. Oh, 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 oh that I, I I didn't want to comment on that too much. But what was Nehar's first response? A very Cindy-esque, that's not how you spell my name. <laughs> I ain't good at spelling. I'm sure Greg has lots of friends in the area with the name Nehar, I'm sure. I'm sure he does. I wonder how this, if there'd be the same reaction if, if Britney was called the new Ica or the new Topaz. <laughs> yep, that's pretty much what I was thinking when he said new Netta. Thinking Netta and uh, Neha don't have too many uh, personality similarities. There's one, uh, there's one similarity they have, but that's not the one you exactly point out right before you're uh, throwing them out the door there. N-E-H-E-A, I believe is how uh, Greg wrote it down on this card. Nahia. It's time to go Nahia. Anyway, Nahia uh, was evicted by a vote of 9-2, to two, with the two votes being Johnny and Sarah supporting uh, Nea. I must add that the I like how it was a written vote, but yet uh, members of the chop shop are still adamant to do their chop bean motion in the vault. Especially Willis, that was probably the most exaggerated of them all. I'm just hoping that we can get rid of as much of the shop shop as is physically possible and we can just have Willow sitting in the corner sort of dancing. That's all I want for now. So we go on to the HOH competition next, um, which is kind of tailor-made for Britney, finally. So in pairs, houseguests must stand on elevated gears. After a while they move... Rigged! (laughs) After a while they move up to a smaller gear and then an an absolutely tiny one after 95 minutes. After nearly four hours, they must go to one foot only. It's like a combination of multiple survivor endurance challenges into one between uh, the uh, fit as many people on the platform as possible, and then the other one being the balancing on the doghouse. Uh, Those two challenges are essentially combined here. And it was Bruno and Greg, Brittany and Sarah, Godfrey and Willow, Johnny and Peely. Uh, Bobby and Zach and Ashley and Jordan. Kevin really got off scot-free with that instant eviction, I must say. Really got to fade in the background there. And he's probably happy that he no longer gets the pantry room abuse from uh, Greg and uh, Bruno there, which was uh, quite inappropriate abuse, I must add. As much as Kevin didn't play it the way that anyone in the world hoped he would, he did kind of get away with it a lot. 
unfortunately. Sorry, getting rid of Nehar is a crime against nature, so I don't really care about him anymore. I lost, like, I had, I had like, a smidgen of hope he would do well, and then that evaporated, so I don't really care. I'm still hoping that it won't be an endurance challenge so that Nehal has a strong chance of coming back. Will it be a um, t- test your strength challenge where whoever hits the button the hardest win, get wins? <laughs> Given our knowledge of Big Brother producers, they're going to rig it for the people that the fans want, and I'm pretty sure the fans want Nehal to come back. Unless, like, Sarah leaves this week. Well, next week, but yeah. Then we'd have the horrible choice between Nehar and Sarah. And, you know, don't even make me think of that yet, given that she was a quote machine this week. Before the HOH competition, uh, Peely had uh, quite the moments there when the uh, five females left were trying to align. Peely trying to basically count how many females are left. Well, to be fair, Peely's only alliance is to Kevin's face. I wonder if she remembered to include herself in the count of uh, how many people are in the alliance. So, when pairs drop out, they must choose a box with a reward or a punishment, which, you know, is the best thing that Big Brother can ever do. Uh, And obviously the last pair standing, one of them will become the new HOH. So it's Bruno and Greg who are the first out, and they get the only uh, reward in there, which is the Ginger Ninja! Hashtag 604, hashtag peace! Winning $1,000 and a letter from home. Bobby and Zach are next out. Zach wins a four-week slot pass, which I did forget to mention. And then we get to the punishments. The more fun punishments. Ashley and Jordan are third out, and they must both wear snorkel gear for 24 hours. Including, for some reason, when they actually reveal this punishment, people talking about Jordan's arse all the time. Wasn't Didn't they say scuba gear? Uh, snorkel gear was the term that they used. Oh, because I... For some reason, I, I thought it was scuba gear, and I was like, that is the that will not help you when you scuba at all. You probably like gash yourself open on many deep sea rocks if you try to if you try to scuba in that stuff. Yeah, I mean, I I did sort of assume it was going to be wetsuits, but no, they said snorkel gear, so it was bikini and speedo respectively. What a surprise for Big Brother! Johnny and Peely are fourth out, and Johnny gets probably my favorite punishment. Uh, Johnny must take pie to the face every time uh, Big Brother plays Gary saying who loves pie I wish it was Arnie pie from the Simpsons on each pie they, they should have just put disgusting things in the pies like worms or lock Johnny's stuff away and put a key in one of the pies that he has to find you're getting a little sore-esque there Mike what can I say Johnny just wants to play a game the game being called who loves pie and uh, Godfrey and Willow are the final scene to drop Willow. That was a tackle. That was a tackle of Willow off the platform. Yeah, Godfrey's like, F this, I don't want to be HOH. Down you go, Willow. <laughs> and Willow gets the gearlocked punishment of having to stand atop a wheel in the garden for the next 24 hours. Pillows help. Pillows from Peely. Not a slogan you want to advertise, I have a feeling. I have a feeling people may get the wrong idea with that name. Which, of course, means that Brittany and Sarah are the winning pair. And Sarah's just like, yep, Brit, you can have it, whatever. I think she just wanted to say from pawn to queen. I think that was the whole setup for it there. I have a feeling that if it's two people that have to do that task together, and you're partnered up with the one person who voluntarily said that they're the least hygienic person in the household and doesn't wash their hair for five or six days at a time, um, I think you might be the one who uh, earned the right to be head of household for that round. Yeah, especially having been stood on one foot with her, so they definitely made it to four hours. I also loved Greg and Bruno's awkwardness on the on the gear. I think that that might be even more awkward than uh, Yaman and Rita and Survivor Fiji having to uh, balance together. I think Greg earned the thousand dollars with that, just because it's the only time in the whole game I felt bad for him, because clearly they were not comfortable being around each other on that platform. To be fair, having to hook someone to stay atop a gear isn't the sort of thing that you expect to be doing especially for four hours towards the end. It's got to be pretty uncomfortable. Well Michael, you need to expect the unexpected in Big Brother. Yeah, if you release your um, your arms or whatever, then you're going to fall. So you'll basically be cramming up and stuff. Not pleasant. However, this was the first competition this season that they didn't give them inappropriate costumes for. I mean, actually, for the HOH competition, when they gave them costumes and didn't just let them be in their civilian clothes, they didn't actually give them, like, booty shorts. 
nominations were next. And we had Greg thinking that he could manipulate Britney. I love how this this whole thing comes full circle by the end of the week. It's just, I don't know what it is about Big Brother Canada that makes every every story they go through, like, self-serving and um, foreshadowing by themselves, but it's just, it's really convenient for any editor, I guess. To be fair, I think they probably expected Greg to do something like this. I don't think they cast Greg thinking he's going to win and endear himself to everyone. They cast him to, to think he's a dick, he's going to annoy someone, Let's hope they get HOH and nominate him, and it is a hilarious week. I think on his application form, he did write on there hashtag Greg Merritt when he uh, submitted his uh, name. Hashtag Ginger Ninja. Hashtag Monty's brother. So yeah, Greg actually had a conversation with Brittany where he tried to convince her to nominate Johnny and Sarah. Seriously. But, unfortunately, Brittany was already in the throes of her master plan, so it did not fly. Now, she left Johnny hanging... And her shortlist for nominations was Bobby, Godfrey, Greg, and Kevin. And her nominations were Bobby and Kevin. Greg was not feeling the feeling that he should be feeling, according to Sarah. No, but he did keep saying that the whole house wants Johnny up. Everybody, yep. Pretty sure Johnny himself wants himself to go on the block. It's like, yeah, guys, I'm going on the block. So, yeah, Brittany says during her nomination speech that I never forget when someone writes my name down. And Greg... Completely dies it. What an idiot. <laughs> this was just not a very pleasant week for Greg. Not a very perceptive one. Rightfully so. It was a hit on him. They really, 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 really buried him in the edit, though. Just being an absolute moron. That, that implied that he wasn't already, like, digging in the ground with a shovel and it was two feet under already. If you're already that far down, getting dirt put on you from somewhere up above is not gonna, really going to be that, you know harmful when you're already doing it yourself. So, should we talk about the rewards and punishments from the HOH conversation? Why was Willow allowed to have a vertical wheel instead of a horizontal one? She's supposed to be, like, up about eight feet in the air. That would have been fun, though. I mean, especially if it was constantly spinning. Maybe not constantly spinning, because we saw what that did in the power of veto, but maybe just having to stand ten feet up in the air and it being too small for it to sleep on or whatever. Because something tells me that Sleep Deprived Willow would be quite hilarious to watch. I'd say that it was, like, it was probably probably more uncomfortable for her, because she was, like, you know, a vertical gear jutting out of the ground, and she had to stay on that for 24 hours. Yeah, but then again, she was still allowed inside for Farivito selections and that sort of thing. And we did see a lot of her sitting inside when, when Jordan was still in the Speedo, so I don't exactly know what the rules were for it. And Johnny got screened by all the boys. That was gross. Yeah. That's like a gross... That's Big Brother Canada, really? Is this a page... What what rating is it over in, over, over in Canada? Uh, it's, I think it was G-rated episode by our standards. <laughs> I think PG. I think it was PG. It was PG from Survivor? Yeah. I knew Michael, you were going to say that. That is, an, that is an easy joke. Everyone knew you were going to say that. So, Teacher yeah. herself probably sensed it over in Los Angeles, wherever she is, that, oh, what, oh, oh great, someone else someone else is making another PG joke about me. At least it wasn't as disgusting as, JP, where are you from? Langley, you want to bang me? Sadly, I have heard of that one before. And also we had probably about two, three minutes of discussion on Jordan's arse, which was also not the sort of thing that I wanted to watch. Peely's only source of airtime for this whole week. Also, Willow saying that she wants to take a bite out of it. Probably she would have done that if she Jordan, was more sleep-deprived. Jordan has never done a squat in his life, and it's pretty obvious. And we have our moment of the week when Jordan pies Johnny using his backside. That I thought Bobby's pine was more impressive, if anything, with him uh, hopping over and uh, still being able to uh, aim correctly. He's a rock climber, remember? Also, he doesn't want to get blood on his hands. But he will get pie on your face. Because who loves pie? And uh, we also get to see Greg crying even before opening his letter, to the point where he actually had to get Sarah to read it for him. What is wrong with Americans and Canadians and stuff with all that? You've been away for, like, two weeks. Like, I get the whole, you know, being trapped with people you're, you're, like, designed not to get along with might have a psychological thing on you, but I I can't imagine, like, going in there and, like, getting a letter from someone I sort of know and then sort of like tearing up about it. My parents always say the same thing over the past 15 years watching reality TV that's like, come on guys. Uh, especially within my own family where people are split up geographically so sometimes we don't see each other for several months at a time. It's like, come on, you're, you've only been gone for 
three three or four weeks, what's the big deal? I mean, what are people going to be like when we inevitably have the you get one minute with your loved ones challenge? But here's a punishment. Because you know they're going to bring that back because it was quite good television last year. Uh, so, the power of video. Uh, the HOH and the two nominees obviously have to do the random draw. And Johnny is selected by Brittany. Sarah is selected by Bobby. And Kevin gets house guest choice and picks Zach. A suspiciously favourable POV picking ceremony, if I must say. It's almost like they wanted him to win. Because absolutely nobody from the chop shop was even involved in the power of veto. It was all all six people that were pretty much in on the plan, right? Well, I don't think... Except for Bobby. Yeah, I don't think Bobby was in on the plan. Oh yeah, other than Bobby. And Zach is technically part of the chop shop, but for some reason we had to have ridiculous costumes for this one. Including Willow being dressed as a tomato pincushion. For some reason, why, why wouldn't you dress in a ridiculous costume for a competition where you spin around and around and around, putting thread upon yourself and then transferring it over, spinning around and around and around again? That's like the that's like number one on that's like top five list of things you wear a costume for, especially if it's going to be cumbersome and annoying, and it makes it and you know accidentally constricts your body to the point where you start you know throwing up and you know. All that, all that fun stuff. Anyway, enough of your evenings, Ben. Freezing water, freezing water, and an inability to breathe. Um, they're really, uh, really being cruel to these contestants. On top of the April Fool's Day joke, and starting out with no furniture at the start of the season. I know Big Brother's going evil. It's, it's almost like they've been watching UK series. Yeah, Big, Big Brother going evil is probably the best thing about Big Brother UK or Big Brother Australia. Is when like um you know Big Brother builds the trust of the housemates and then just sort of, sort of like starts psychologically chipping away at that trust gradually. The best example of this is the I can't even remember what series it was, but there was a week where Big Brother said, "I'm going to tell you two lies," in the UK series, and the one of the lies that they told them was that they didn't have to nominate. The nominations are optional, so. The, <laughs> So, so only like half of the housemates actually nominated. Big Brother said, "Well, I lied to you. You guys didn't nominate. You chose not to nominate. Therefore, everyone who didn't nominate is nominated." Suck it. Then, and then the next lie was like, um, the person the person will be evicted by the audience or something. And then what ended up happening was the the top two people who were nominated by the audience had to get be evicted by the housemates. Well, they had to choose one of them to be evicted by the housemates. Yeah, that was a really quite. A horrible thing. I need to figure out what I'm gonna wear. And then, and then, and then once you go to victory, someone threw a tomato at her. or an orange at her. Fun times, fun times. Okay. This season is even evil because they make the voiceover do a an, an excessive number of poker puns. At least this episode was the final one where I think they even made him say Kevy Levy in the previously on segment. I think that was. I don't think they needed to make him even say that. And then uh, uh, saying that, oh, Kevin folded under the pressure. Um, the poker player was called to the table. Oh, Kevin realized he played his hand all wrong. It's, I'm thinking, we get it. We get that he's a poker player by now because we've been hearing poker puns in every previously on segment for the past two weeks. They're really trying, they're really trying to push him as like the big character of the season, aren't they? It it wasn't even the the poker puns that got me. It was the royalty puns. Oh, with Brittany, that, yes. Now then, that's what uh, carries over about halfway through this previously on segment and goes into full swing for the following episode to conclude the week. So many royalty puns. They're great though. Oh, they were great, and I, my love of puns is well documented. But they do need to calm it a little bit. <laughs> Don't use up all your puns just yet. Does that mean you're going against the house, Michael? I am going against the house. You wouldn't make a good poker player if you're going against the house. Oh, you wouldn't want to see me on, on Big Brother because I would be out in the first couple of weeks because I'd just be like, yeah, sub this. <laughs> Hashtag? <laughs> Hashtag sub this. You forgot your area code. Yeah, we, do, we don't have area codes. We have postcodes instead. Oh, lame. Yeah. We're lame like that. Um, so Sarah felt like the world's pukiest ballerina. And and quit hard halfway through. 
She tied the rope too tight and hashtag employee puke. So isn't that like almost the Bolshevik type hats that they had to wear? Or not very Russian style? I think they were thimbles. Yeah, I think they were they were supposed to be thimbles, but life size monopoly tokens brought to uh, life here. Yeah, pretty much. Huh. Except except I, I don't think like, they puke over the board in Monopoly. Uh, yeah, uh, in uh, some of the BC games of Monopoly, there is vomiting in certain areas of the board. <laughs> Only play, when you play Monopoly drinking games. Yeah, like if you especially sure go over like the East Hast- the East Hastings Square. That's probably where you might may find a little bit of vomit. No, the East Hastings Square is where you get a card saying you've just been stabbed to go to hospital. But but but, but uh, healthcare is free here, so you don't lose any money. You don't have to pay the fifty dollars. You have to pick a punishment card, and it's something like you've just been stabbed, go to hospital, or you've been injected by a random drug. Sorry. So yeah, Bobby and Brittany go out to an early lead. And Bobby's feeling pretty dope right now. He's not getting any blood on his hands? He's not getting any blood on his hands, but he is getting tangled up in his own rope. If only he was thinking weeks ahead instead of months ahead like Brittany is. He may have done better at that uh, Beatle competition there. Also, just from watching this Vito competition, I kind of get the impression of Bobby... Is Bobby a rock climber? We really know everyone's occupation and... Uh... And uh, hobbies uh, in this season. Yeah, there was, I mean, there wasn't much mention of Ev Sydney being an assistant cruise director, but there was a whole lot of mentions of her being a beauty queen. Uh, so yeah, Sarah quit after puking too much, as we mentioned. And for some reason, Johnny seems to be pun-slinging a lot at the moment. It's his job. Bobby doing well right now? I'm afraid not. Oh, I get it. I messaged this to you during the episode while I was watching it. And I finally pinpointed what I don't like about Kevin and Johnny. Like, I sort of like Johnny, but not when he's in the diary room. But, and I don't really like Kevin at all. It's just like, it's not really a thing specific to J- Johnny and Kevin, but it's a thing that encompasses a lot of people in Big Brother US and Canada. It's like, and, and a little bit in Survivor as well. It's like, um, oh, I wasn't really showing emotion. I, I wasn't really sick. I wasn't really anything. I was just, I was just playing up to improve my social game. It's like, the thing I like about reality sh- television characters is when, is some, I only like their strategy or their gameplay like a minute percent of the time. I like, them as characters and as people and watching them as characters and people a lot more than I watch them talking about numbers or split votes or backdooring or, or anything like that. So, and then, but then there's, but then there is the other, the other side of the extreme where like Kevin's one side where he never talks about, he never like puts, he never lets anyone in. He's like, um, all about gameplay, all about strategy, all about all this sort of stuff. And it's like, gets annoying because, you know, he's obviously trying too hard because like, if he just talked about how awful it was going to puke and, you know, added some elaborate metaphor in there, like even even a poker metaphor, I would be fine with that. But instead he was like, oh, yeah, I was faking it just to get sympathy for my social game. And it's like, why should I care about you now? Like, the, the lame poker puns I can deal with, you're doing it. But if you're just acting like this, acting, pretending to be like this sort of game-playing robot, then why should I be, why should I be invested in you? Like, I don't, I don't really get it. But then... Kevin is the other side of the, Kevin's the other side of the coin because he's like, he's a little, only like a tiny little bit of gameplay, but the, the character he does put on in the, like, the character he does put on in the diary room is sort of like, so obviously a caricature, like no one acts like that in real life. The thing that I'm kind of sick of with Johnny is he needs to stop winking in the diary room. It really winds me up. Bruno winks in his intro video and we don't give him crap for that. Yeah, but Johnny, does a terrible joke or a pun, and then just sort of does a really awful wink. Sort of like the lady from the Spatula City commercial from the movie UHF. Exactly See, like that. Everyone knows that reference. So I'm not I'm, like the diary room screamers and diary room game blots and all that sort of stuff. And that they're quite possibly my least favorite archetype in Big Brother Canada and US. Like there are exceptions to the rule. Like Adele from last season, I gave him slack because you know. He, he earned that, he earned the right to once he was like, you know, shut on the, by the house for like four weeks and then finally got his break and, you know, didn't do anything majorly objectable, but like, objectionable. But, you know, when he, when he's running into the house, screaming in the diary room, make, pretending to be a game bot, it's like, you wear out, you wear out my like little amount of patience I have for you very quickly. So, you know, just watching from the, watching from the, what I have seen of the feeds and now how Zach and Jordan and Zach, Zach and Jordan and Kevin are always, all making their way into every single alliance. So they're probably going to go far. It's sort of like, oh, I'm going to be put up, I'm going to put up with you and your game bodishness and your over caricatureness and your diary room screaming for the rest of the season. Oh, bite me. Seriously. One thing I would like to point out that we've missed with this veto 
is that it wasn't any of the contestants that were the most excited about competing. It was actually Willow being the host with her celebration as if she was channeling her inner Jesse from Toy Story 2. Andy's coming. Yeehaw! You know they've stopped doing that at Disneyland because kids keep shouting out Andy's coming and the uh, costume characters keep just having to fall on the floor. They're just like, sorry, I didn't hear that. So it's Kevin and Johnny who are the first to finish their first spools almost simultaneously. Kevin throws up and quits the competition, so it becomes a race between Johnny and Zach. And Zach gets an offs at the end, leaving Johnny to win the power of his dog. The power of his dog? Yeah. And then, and this is where Britney's master plan comes into action. All because she told Johnny to uh, grab his inner diva. That was all, that's all she wanted for him to do. His inner Adele Nazim. So we have quite a lot of, uh, sort of scrambling before the veto ceremony, uh, including Greg finally getting the hint and realising that Johnny spent the night in the HOH room. And uh, Brittany wasn't brilliant at lying to Greg, to be honest. At first she was, but then she sort of like threw it back in his face and, she, and that was pretty hilarious. Oh yeah, because the, the lie that she told Greg about Johnny not using the veto was complete bull and he knew it. I thought, like, um, the part where she lied to him first was before Johnny spent the night in the HOH room, and the, la- and the second one was after he spent the night in the HOH room. So he didn't, he didn't buy it at first. He, he started he started realizing they were lying to him after Johnny spent the night in the HOH room, which wasn't until the second time, which wasn't until the second time she, you know, he confronted Brittany about it. But for some reason, uh, Greg seemed to blame Johnny instead of, you know, blaming Brittany, who was the actual architect. And, of course, Greg and Johnny have a little argument. Our first proper one of the season. I'm not a fan of Greg, like you guys are. You know it's a, it's a, you know you're uh, really uh, down in the game when uh, Johnny is outwitting you, outwitting you in a conversation. Is it possible to discuss the fembots? Slight Austin Powers reference for Sarah to describe her and Brittany, where it's a bit amusing of a alliance name because Sarah said the front is that they're emotional, but then schemers. Uh, behind the scenes, but yet Sarah is the one who was crying over the vote for a good hour or so, it seemed like, uh, right after the eviction there. So I just found the, the Alliance name somewhat not fitting 100%. It's a cool name, but potentially not 100% accurate. Wasn't the thing about the Fembots that they like, um, have an emotional front where they're, they're like, semi emotional, but underneath they're all wise and circuitry? Like, they're, 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 they're game-playing robots masquerading as real emotional women. Plus, I, just, I, plus I, just, I think they just chose that so, so they could do the thing when they shoot from their tits the motion. <laughs> pew, pew, pew! Join Sylvie flying out from Sarah. I also liked that the uh, the POV when Sarah just said, normally if I was distressed out, I'd just have a doob or two. Oh, how dare she lord it over the, people who, over the country so you can't even do that yet. Getting, I'm getting the hint that she might be a stoner. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I mean, I mean, it's, it's been implied in the past with like Nate, but still. Yeah, she's sort of quite subtle about it. And there's nothing wrong with it, at least in that country, at least in Canada, I guess. Definitely not in BC. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, she'd definitely be uh, cool here. All Sarah wants to do is have a doob or two, and, and we're laughing at him, and that's rude. <laughs> I'll reference uh, Margie reference. So uh, the veto ceremony, Johnny obviously vetoes his cuddle man's Kevin, and yet again, Johnny was allowed to um, sort of advise the HOH. Yeah, they should stop that because it's getting really annoying. Yeah, it seems like they're intentionally instructing the veto winner to say some sort of message in terms of who they want to be their replacement nominee. It's very odd and jarring. Yeah. So obviously Brittany nominates Greg as the replacement nominee. Because he's a bully. He is. Hashtag Ginger Ninja, hashtag 604. Peace. <laughs> I did it better. I was born in the 604 area code. That is not the type of shout-out I wanted. To be fair, the type of shout-out you wanted was you doing it. So, And Brittany is, of course, dead to Greg. And not a single fuck was given that day. <laughs> We discussed Greg before he's, you know, booted from the house and no one cares about him again. What is there to like about him? He's just so funny and so... Oblivious. Oblivious is a good word. Oblivious is a great word. Yeah, he's just so oblivious to the fact that not only do the rest of the house want to keep him around because he's an idiot and will be brilliant to beat in the jury, but also the public don't like him because he's an idiot and is so stupid. Channeling my inner judger into that. But he's just such a moron and it's kind of hilarious for us to watch and podcast about. A tragic figure. I think the sort of thing with Greg is like, it ties into the whole, you know, the big character argument you can make, which is, you know, um, 
you know, something that's been stated thousands of times on the internet, but it's like, being a loud asshole isn't, you know, an entertaining, entertaining trait. Like, you know, people like, the, people like Greg, they get a lot of attention because they, they're just obnoxious and they're bullying and they start arguments and everything. It's like, well, okay, you got airtime. That don't impress me much. So you're Brad Pitt. Good use of a Canadian pop star then, man. I'm proud of you. To me, it's, it's more about the content of what they provide. And it's like, um, I don't, I'm not a fan of it when like, usually on this podcast as well, like less so on this podcast and more across like, you know, um, Reddit and all that kind of stuff. It's like people, so many like, quote, interesting, unquote, people who, you know, people that insist they need to be valued, like, you know, Zach Rance and Greg and et cetera, et cetera. It's like that everyone insists they need to be valued because they, you know, they're memorable just because they're memorably annoying or memorably awful or anything like that. It's just like, I, as a principal, I refuse to give weight to that argument because, like, being memorable, interesting, and entertaining, and funny—that's all objective stuff. And stuff I, you know, memorable isn't even a factor to me because I remember like every, I remember like every single person who's ever played me at Big Brother season I've watched. So it's like I remember everyone. So it's like I prefer to have like random memorable or funny moments that I like, or just like you know little things that don't get discussed instead of like stuff. Oh, oh, like um, like oh, Peter did the thing. Peter did that thing in the diary room again about the shield. Yay! So what? I just like, you know, I give that, I give that, you know, more weight to myself than I give like to, you know, Greg yelling at Cindy or Greg yelling at someone or Greg yelling at Johnny. It's like, you know, I might, I might find it entertaining on their part because the, the, the victim's part, because they're not the, they're not the asshole. They're not the objection, the person I find objectionable. But like, I just think I, you know, to sum it all, I just, I just, I just don't give any credence to the whole, oh, they're an asshole. They're, anno- they're annoying. They're brutish. They're, they're a bully. I don't give it. You know, so obviously I should, you know, give them credit for being that and being, quote, memorable, unquote. I just I just don't pay any credence to that argument. The thing is, I go into it in, in terms of what I would like to talk about, and I do not want to see a house full of boring people. You have to have the arsehole in there for us to have stuff to talk about, especially if it's someone like Greg, who is just so easy to cause a fight. Yeah, but th- does, does not having a loud, random arsehole in there who's being an author being awful to everyone necessarily mean that the week is going to be boring. Like, look at the, the second the second half of Big Brother Canada 2. There was no random, loud, random arsehole in there to be an arsehole to everyone. And that was like, that was like, that's the chunk of the season everyone loves and everyone remembers. It's like, top, it's like top five, it's like a top five Big Brother season anywhere in the world. And it's all because, you know, we dealt with the stuff at the start, but the second half was much better than the start. We were free of the Andrews and the Kennys and et cetera, and that was, that was why it was good. Like, you know, you can be entertaining, you can be good without having an asshole causing conflict there. You, you like, I'm not, I'm not necessarily, I'm not going the casual route of saying that like, um, you know, everyone, sh- there should be no, no conflict in there whatsoever. Everyone should be nice to each other. It's like, that's, that makes, not good TV, but like, I give it, I give it more like, um, when I like everyone to an extent or they have qualities that aren't objectionable as a human being, like, but you know, objectionable as a contestant, I don't mind, but objectionable as a human being at like Greg being a loud, oafish sexist, I prefer, I prefer that sort of thing than the ones that like, you know, that are supposed quote, talking points, unquote. Last season was an anomaly in terms of that, but the reason that last season was so well received was because so many people who were left were good game players. It is fine to have a season with no boorish arsehole if you have people actually coming to play. But if you just have a dull season with one person trying to play, you need a, a sort of lightning rod to keep people talking about the season. The season wasn't because they were good game players. The season was because they weren't they were good, they were great characters. Like the Sloppy Seconds, the actual core of the Sloppy Seconds, Adele, John, Netta, and Heather, they were like they were like the best contestants of the season. The reason it was good is because like good really did overcome evil in that house. And meanwhile, one of one of the remnants of evil sort of became this like you know Sabrina. But like yeah, I mean, I I went into this week's Survivor thinking it could be a great episode because it's being hyped up as being a great episode, and then all we saw was Dan being a dick to Shireen and someone who I liked going home. That is not a good episode. And I'm not 
even slightly confident that it's going to be the best season ever as it's been hyped up to be. But Danny's a lightning rod and keeps people talking about the season, whilst gameplay is actually a manoeuvre. And I can find objection to that because all he's saying, I'm, as a viewer, I'm allowed to object to the fact that Dan is being a boorish sexist oaf. And, you know, people people didn't notice that, people didn't realise that he was such a sexist at the start. Like, I noticed it because he was exclusively yelling at the women. But then, like, you know, just because someone's a loud asshole and, and you know, screams a lot and gets a lot of camera time, like I said, that don't impress me much. I love how frequently we're using the word asshole this morning as well. Kind of above our usual quota. I'm paying tribute to Ica because, Andrew, you're an asshole. You're not. Oh, I hope we get another Ica moment because we need to podcast about something like that. Anyway, is Logan still awake? <laughs> yeah, I'm here. Yeah, I, t- I, c- I kind of took the floor, so. So Johnny had a conversation with Greg and Bruno about how Greg has Britney under his thumb. Which he relate to Brittany, hence Greg's nomination. I didn't say that she was under my thumb. All I said is that I have a lot of control and influence over her various movements during the game. That is not, they are not synonymous. Hashtag not synonymous. A, as if Greg could spell synonymous. Spells it with a C. B, all he said was that he had it under one of his digits. Didn't mention which one, though. Yes. (laughs) Had her beneath one of his digits. What was with the lack of uh, mentions towards have-nots as well? Because there was four have-nots this week. Eh, there wasn't a whole lot to show other than the weird panels in the floors, which they already showed before, oddly enough. So, eh, I guess... So many Big Brother seasons with have-not rooms, and it's not really uh, it's not really that entertaining anymore, I guess, for the viewer. Yeah, they didn't really actually mention who the have-nots were, though. I think Jordan and Peely were, one, were some of them. Jordan, Peely, Kevin, and somebody else? It was Ashley, Bobby, Kevin, and Zach. I only know because um, I knew before it had even aired. The type of information that uh, separates the hardcore uh, Big Brother trivia... Uh, experts to, you know, super-duper hardcore uh, trivia experts on Big Brother. Remember who was remember who was the have-not during this week. Yeah, to be fair, two weeks ago you guys had a go at me for not having enough information, so I'm bringing information to the table. Just saying. Indeed. We do need somebody to uh, verify this stuff on the spot here. Bruno was playing both guys for fiddles as well. Bruno the fiddler. <laughs> you said it, not me. Helping the, as the voiceover would say, help the ginger ninja escape danger. So suddenly the voiceover is now quoting a uh, Mr. Cal. Speaking, speaking of being under one of the guys' digits, uh, Zach and Ashley are apparently a thing. Yeah, they're not just flirting, they're strategizing. <gasps> Gasp! Yeah, it's almost like they're, I don't know, what's the word for it? A showman's? Oi, huh. oi. Nobody's going to see this alliance coming. The, the two people that are flirting and making out in the house, oh my god, it's going to shock everybody when they find out that they're in a secret alliance together trying to keep each other in the game for reasons that it- are completely unknown. This is the, this is the this is the one this is the season where I hope that they actually take in to, um take into into mind like you know Australian Mance will probably get to the end like and they're not and they're like ten times more boring than any other showman that ever been on Big Brother Canada so well I guess Allison and Andrew sort of sucks but like I really hope this isn't the showman that runs the season because Zach Zach and Ashley final two bleh. that was my doing my gag gag noise bleh, bleh. Okay, Sarah. Yeah. I'm just point something out. I believe in our preview podcast, we predicted that they would become a showman's. Prairie love. Exactly. I mean, it's almost like we have seen way too many seasons of these shows. And are Willow and Jordan a bit of a showman's? Because I've noticed that on uh, multiple occasions here that Willow is wearing uh, Jordan's uh, Cloverdale shirt. Yeah, I meant to mention that as well, because, yeah, she was she was definitely wearing it when they went to the hut and they were having the chop-chop meeting about who was going to get evicted. Oh, God, can you imagine a... Can you imagine a Zach, Jordan, Kevin, Peely, Willow, Ashley, Final Six? <laughs> <laughs> Very possible at this point. Well, I mean, Jordan has it, had his little pash with uh, Cindy last week, so he's just making his way through the women of the house. You know what's interesting is that this week was supposed to be all about the females having power... And how the chop shop is all men, but yet Willow and Ashley are both part of the chop shop. And with this week, the only real females that we saw get a significant amount of airtime was Brittany and Sarah. And then the only time that uh, Ashley and that Ashley is shown is just being the subject of a of a showmance. And then Willow is only being shown for her uh, two two moments of crazy antics. And then Peely's giggling. That's all we see. Just going back to the whether Willow and Jordan are a thing. 
we did see her talk about his ass a lot. That is true. I was waiting. I I figured that would that was already implied, seeing how we uh, mentioned it uh, earlier for the viewers. Bobby dug his own grave with Brittany and Sarah. I don't even want to win HOH anymore, guys. I definitely don't want to win. I love that it's so transparent what he's doing. The whole oh, I don't want to get any blood on my hands. I don't even, I'm not even playing this game. It's like I love that nobody's nobody's even believing that. Yeah, I love how people are just chatting shit about it now. <laughs> like last season in Big Brother US, how nobody believes Bunny was like a groundskeeper. They all thought he was like a, a CIA agent, war veteran, like, former federal agent? Question mark. Yeah, it's good to question this. It's good to question stuff because, like, apart from that annoying thing where, no, where everyone treated don't like shit last season but like this season it's like you know nobody's but nobody's you know believing that bobby's just a you know fucking idiot i like how he even works it into his uh n- nomination speech right before eviction where he even says you know what guys i'm sort of done with this hoh thing i don't want any um uh some sort of red textured substance on my hands some sort of hemoglobin on my hands <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> raspberry jam I hate raspberry hate strawberry yogurt and Kevin realises that two of the tiles in the have not room set off uh, the alarm so that's definitely not going to come back to, to haunt anyone and that's definitely not going to be the thing that Arissa mentioned was hidden in the have not room that's got to be coming in the next couple of weeks now that Kevin's discovered it I suspect there's going to be like a, a luxury competition probably possibly the return of Master the Moose Oh, that'd be good. We have had a, a severe drought of Marshall the Moose. Given that I noticed Trevor Boris's name in the uh, under the producer section in the titles on the eviction episode, not out of the question. She will return. I'm just trying to think if there's any panels on the wall or anything that could. It'll be like Treasure Hunters, where you have to, where it's like the final gold room, and you just have to knock on the one brick in the wall three times, and it'll twist around, and the moose head will be revealed. I think you'll find it was punched through the brick. Yeah. Knowing this, knowing this season would be like, um, you know, they have to like, um, rotate a gear or something. Rotate a gear and a and a loose and a loose and a headless moose will come out, and then the other slot will be Marsha the Moose's head. It's like, oh, I can see why <laughs> we haven't had Marsha the Moose for the past three weeks. To be fair, Greg did try and rotate the gears when he was coming back from the diary room in the eviction episode. He tried to rotate the gears in the uh, in the hallway. Oh, really? Yeah. I just remembered that. Do we agree with Jordan's assessment that uh, Bobby is dumb and Greg is dumber? Yeah, but I would have, personally, I would have kept Greg around purely because he's a lightning rod of idiocy. And he is a shield. It was a was a good point. He's basically a meat shield. And refused the old olive branch from uh, Brittany there. After Brittany fired back, and then Greg said, nope, I will not take your olive branch. Not much of a shocker uh, there at all. To be fair, that that was exactly like you know um, Paul trying to trying to go to Andrew like five minutes after he called him a racist last season. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, uh, I uh, Brittany's doing a lot of right things here, but extending the olive branch as soon as you call somebody a bully who genuinely does not believe he is a bully um, may not be the best course of action. At least she wasn't persistent. She went like, "Hey, hey, you want to talk? No, okay." Yep, <laughs> it was a pretty uneventful conversation that way. It's like, huh, that's not really a fight at all. Just going back to Marsha the Moose, maybe um, one of the luxury competitions will have Motorola phones so we can get her to send a Motorola message. Another Treasure Hunters reference? Now you're really overdoing it here, Michael. I don't even know what, tre- I don't even, I don't even know what Treasure Hunters is. So. It's all on YouTube. It was actually uploaded by one of the participants, hence how I watched it. Maybe Marsha the Moose will be wearing just a towel just like Zach was during this episode. Now that would be awkward. As much as much as I don't like Zach, I've probably said this over the season, but like, um, as much as I don't like Zach, I hope that he like places higher than six. If only, if only to place higher than Peter. I mean, I know I said that I said this in a chat to you guys a couple of days ago, but Greg on the sideshow, I'm assuming he's going to be hilarious because Peter's going to rip him a new one. I can't wait. He's not capable of like you know talking to someone who fights back, so. Oh, he was horrible to Cindy. And I suspect that him and Zach will have a fun sideshow as well. You know, he's got a whole list of deplorable traits. Like, he tried cracking onto Aaron from Big Brother 15. Like, so he's obviously a racism enabler. Do you notice uh, Zach's very uh, damn-like moment as well? Where he said that he thinks about the game 25 hours per day, and I was thinking, if Dan from Survivor Worlds Apart was here right now, he would tell him that he could not do basic math. I mean, he's a super fan. He should be able to do basic math. And then, of course, Zach follows it up with the most uncomfortable quote of the episode, where he says, I think I'm going to plant a seed. 
and then it cuts to the makeout session. I'm thinking, oh, that's what he meant. That's on par- that was that was probably on par with the whole um, Johnny and the Pie gang cream thing. <laughs> Pretty much, where it's like, oh, I th- you're not discussing alliances. This is what you meant. Okay, there's that. So we have another alternative test this week, sponsored by OxyClean. Yay! They made snowballs. Yes, thanks to their reputation of breaking things, Big Brother made them all make snowballs and clearly got the hot tub. Kevin really threw through the one. Was I think it was? Yeah, there was somebody where Kevin just whipped the snowball at somebody. Might have been Willow, where it just it seemed like it really hurt on impact. There, I like I liked how he tossed he tossed the like Bobby and he's just, just in the process. Like, what what the hell? <laughs> Well, he didn't, he didn't even like he didn't even like react to the snowball. He just sort of like what the Bruno one was my favorite because it was just like what what was that a snowball? Cool. I'm gonna wear my hat backwards instead of forwards now, or maybe it'll be forwards instead of backwards. That's the Bruno way to go. So, in the alternative task, house guests must search the house for uh, t-shirts with their color on it and bring them one uh, one at a time to the rack in the garden. Uh, the first house guest to find all thirty shirts and hang them up. Wins a thousand dollars and an advantage in the next HOH composition. And this was, you know, ridiculous product placement. But we also Where's... got one of the best moments of the season with uh, Godfrey there channeling coach premature celebration, I believe is what it's called, where he thought he had all the clothes, even wound up before hitting the buzzer and slamming down the buzzer as hard as he possibly could. And then uh, Bobby completely disrupting the whole celebration by saying, no. You still have one where to go. Ginger Ninja or Zach may actually win this. They do seem to be giving out a lot of cash this week as well. Between Greg's $1,000, the $1,000 for this task, and then $5,000 in the upcoming H2H competition. Probably an incentive so people stop throwing competitions, which I think producers are legitimately afraid of uh, with these uh, group of contestants here. Yeah, I mean, I know half of the house was planning on... um, on throwing the HOH competition this week as well. I know Kevin was planning on it. I know Jordan was planning on it. I know Zach was planning on it, as well as a couple of other people, I think. When that? Throw money at them. Just when you thought the house hates winning competitions, you learn a new secret. The one piece of information we did find out was that Godfrey's number one ally was Greg. That's when you know you're probably going to be evicted, is if the person closest to you is perhaps the one who... uh, uh, most enjoys deceiving as many people as possible in the house. He's still not put the ring on it, though, has he? No no ring has been planted yet. I'm very curious who Godfrey chooses as his victim when uh, he becomes vulnerable. It's only going to be Ashley and Zach, isn't it? Most likely. Do we also enjoy uh, Greg's over-the-top baseball uh, analogy for when he was down and out? I like the fact that Greg called himself a pro athlete. Still hasn't made the majors. He's still working on it. He, he's he been in the majors... Uh, in spirit through uh, Brett Laurie. Uh, but yeah, saying it's the, the ninth inning, the bases are, are loaded, they're down three, but the Chinja Ninja is still swinging. I just can't imagine any sports commentator buying into the Chinja Ninja nickname on a on a baseball broadcast. To be fair, baseball is just white noise to me anyway, because we don't care about baseball in the UK. Yeah, I'm talking to the wrong two people about uh, baseball references here. Let's talk about cricket. <laughs> Wasn't Andrew Flintoff great in that match yesterday? Logan has a bit of experience with cricket. We accidentally found a cricket cricket game going on in Vancouver. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, yeah, it was quite. We could not uh, understand the scoreboard whatsoever. <laughs> oh God, no! <laughs> Seriously, it's really easy. It's like a lot easier than baseball. Yeah, but it's sports. I don't care. <laughs> was it even in English, Michael? Because it was. Because it was. Uh, what was it? Pa- um, I'm trying to think. It was some sort of tournament. Tournament there. Yeah, it, they were on a field. <laughs> they were on a field. But I mean, we were pretty much the only white people in that whole in that whole tournament there. Yeah, I mean, you could see us coming. Yes. Wow, I'm getting a $3 bill and I still know more about sports than you guys. Yeah, because you care more about sports. And also it's kind of ingrained in Australian culture. I don't, I don't like care about it, I just, know about, I just know about it. Did we catch what Greg's nickname is for Godfrey? I couldn't tell if he was saying Rafa or Rafa or whatever it was, but I'm thinking... So Rafa just... the Rafa? Rafa the Rafa, yes. No, it's Rafa from Survivor. 
That's what I was thinking too. That's what I had in my notes, uh, saying, "Hmm, this was not. This was a very unexpected callback uh, by uh, Greg here. How much of a super fan of reality TV has he truly become in the past two and a half years?" So we had some pretty fun bits of the eviction, mainly um, Arissa completely shooting Kevin down. Uh-huh. Called Arissa the Golden Goddess, and she's just like, "No, give me a vote." She was a bit peed off this week. It's quite fun. Yeah, anyone who anyone who says Risk the worst host does not know their big brother. At worst, she's like fourth fourth best in the world. Like the worst is probably like I don't know. Um, Julie Chen. Chen. No, Chen but has a good sense of humor. She's all right. She's like, a, but she screws up so much. She screws up way too much as a host. But she laughs at herself, which is you know a great sign. Yeah, it's all right. But like, um, I'd say Arissa and Julie are better than. Uh, uh, Brian Dowling, um, Kyle and Jackie O, Sonia Kruger. Uh, Kyle and Jackie O, I remember them. Oh, yeah. Meanwhile, Sonia Kruger, Sonia Kruger's like, uh, she's, she's a nice person, but she's a terrible host. Yeah, Ka- Kyle and Jackie O. Said it, so is that the only sexual experience you've had? Oh, so. <laughs> Logan, if you don't know what I'm referring to there. Save yourself, don't, don't look it up. Maybe the most cringeworthy radio feature of all time. Or maybe the most cringeworthy radio moment of all time. Speaking of cringeworthy, um, what about the whole kiss between Kevin and Peely? They're really trying to have as many showmances as possible. Second week in a row that they've done that, can I just point out? But and what Arissa about finally gets Peely's name right. It's the first time what? that Arissa has been able to say her name correctly. It only took uh, it only took 18 days in the house. But what about Johnny and his Kevy Webby? Oh my god, I just vomited in my mouth saying that. Denied. At least we'll have more more about uh, Kevy Webby in the uh, voiceover on the previously. <sighs> Are the feeds off so that all of the, when they figure out the order that they're going to enter the eviction hallway, that all the people can work on choreographing what they do? Because every single pairing that passed each other in the hallway had something to do, whether it be pretending to have nap time, the hip check or the body check or... Uh, a spin dancing. move, or dancing, that too. Or the whole, di- the longest one was Will and Bruno's dynamite hand motion or whatever they were doing. They do seem to be sort of picking an order. It doesn't seem to be randomly drawn. Because for the second week on the run, we've had Peely and Kevin, and we also had Ashley and Zach together, and Johnny and Sarah together. Is this like Dancing with the Stars, where they stick with the same people that enter the hallway then together, just to See them how they improve on their choreography from week to week. Yeah, let's go for that. And then, so, and then we get to the voting, right? Yeah. Did you um, notice what Willow called Arissa as well? A town, a city. That's what she said. I did not. I. I. It didn't make sense, but now that you've said it, that does sound like something Willow would say. Uh, and also, uh, Godfrey's beads were interfering with his microphone when he was trying to make his vote as well. Why do they let him wear beads? When he's got the microphone around his neck. Could explain the minimal edit. Also, Arissa was really, really peed off with Bruno when she asked him to make his vote. And he was just like in the middle of... Ottawa! Yeah, Ottawa! Family! Pizza! Burgers! She's just like, Bruno, you vote. A car! Video games! Blue! Blue! Never, yellow! Never, <laughs> never being remembered as a, sti- a city! I don't even think that uh, Arissa t- said thank you to Bruno. I think she just sent him away. <laughs> So Greg's evicted by a vote of ten to nothing. Another shutout. A shutout. That's the baseball. That's the baseball pun. They're going to come up in the next episode. I guarantee you, they're going to say, "Oh, and it was a ten nothing shutout against Greg, the ginger ninja." I did appreciate that Arissa during the eviction started talking about serious backdoors. Arissa Cox, uh, inappropriate quote of the week there. Anyway, Greg's gone. Yay! If I had like a switchboard here, I'd play that. I'd play that like clip of. Of kids cheering. Yay! And then he gets back in the house through the KFC twist. Aww. Lots of... I wonder if... Because OxyClean uses all the detergent and stuff for their tasks. I wonder if that means KFC is just going to have Chicken George there with Colonel Sanders, just like they did with Chicken George's Eviction and Big Brother All-Stars, and then just have buckets of chicken and corn on the cob obstacle course. Uh, in the backyard. From the way that Arissa was talking about it this week, I'm assuming that the returning competition is not going to be the HOH competition. I'm assuming that we're going to get a returning competition at the end of Wednesday's episode that we know the result of by the end of Wednesday's episode, then the HOH competition will be on the feeds. 
They said it's a massive competition. The way she was talking about it implied that it wasn't going to be with the actual house guests who were left, which is how I'd assumed it would be. Oh, we got the HOH competition, which we're not going to talk much about because we'll be talking a lot more about that next week. Well, two of us will. Uh, so in the HOH competition, a house guest must slide down a slippy hill into a pool of suds, find washcloths with letters on them in the suds, uh, head through a rinse cycle, more water, uh, squeeze through a ringer, pull themselves along a clothesline and hang up the letters. The first house guest to spell out the phrase, fight, dirty laundry, wins HOH and $5,000 cash. And uh, Zach gets a one seventeenth head start. He does, which you know is actually not a bad advantage. The final thing we have to talk about is the Twisto's twist, which, you know, is probably quite careful timing, I suspect. Force veto or double veto? I have a feeling it's going to be double veto in any, almost any situation possible. It's going to be double veto because I'm assuming the producers think, well, uh, Sarah and Johnny aren't going to win the, um, the HOH, so one or both of them are going to be nominated. So we need to make sure that they have double the chance of veto. That's good, though, because Sarah and Johnny are, you know, I certainly want to see them them overcoming the, the, quote, the chop shop. Ugh. I can't even say it like they want to. I mean, there's, I, mean I, guess, I guess there's an implied hand motion that we can't do because it's an audio format, but still. Everything's coming up chop shop. Chop. I had a, I did a chop. I, I added the, the audio aid there because I was doing the chopping motion when I did say the word chop. Logan just made a chopping. Yeah, you can just put a screen cap of uh, Millhouse when he's saying everything's coming up Millhouse, but just insert some sort of chop shop or some sort of uh, butchery there, because that's exactly how Greg says it is in the same tone as Millhouse Van Houten from The Simpsons. Bobby did think that uh, the chop shop was under the radar as well. Yet another... Uh... Delusion. Delusion. Convince yourself. Delusion's a good word, but also uh, Big Brother meme. Pretty much the only subtle, the only subtle alliance is really between uh, uh, Zach and Jordan. I assume, right? I'm, I'm still not sure whether Kevin and Jordan's alliance is actually genuine on Jordan's part or not yet. No, it's not. Because aren't they now a member of a six-person alliance as well? The Hexagons. I don't even oh, hear of that one. Formerly the Purple Cobras. So I think we're pretty much in agreement that the double veto is going to win the poll by a massive landslide. Oh, yeah. I mean, I vote for the double veto purely because I don't know the results of the HOH competition. I mean, hopefully, hopefully one of uh, the, hopefully one of the fembots or, you know, basically I, as much as I kind of dislike Johnny, I sort of lump him in with Sarah, Sarah and Brittany as, you know, the, the side of the house that, that would need that most because like Zach, Zach, Kevin, and, Zach, Kevin and Jordan will basically just go wherever, go wherever is best for them. And that's not, you know, not good. Best case scenario would be, one of the Fembots, or maybe Kevin winning HOH, even though he's blatantly going to throw it, and getting one of the Chop Shop out, and then probably Nea coming back and becoming a, a decent alliance. Everyone in the house seems to be like divided into three three factions, don't they? Like, um, for, on one you have the Fembots, which are you know Sarah, Brittany, and Johnny as a as their third. You have uh, the oh, I'll try not to I'll try not to vomit. The Bermuda Triangle, <laughs> as, you know, Zach, Kevin, and Jordan. You have uh, the remnants of the Chop Shop, which is uh, Bobby, God- Bobby Godfrey and Bruno. And then you have the, um, and then you have the remnants of the girls. And Willow and Ashley are in that, too. Willow, Ashley, and Peely are a, sort of a, a, an agreement thing. One more thing about the Chop Shop. Jordan seems to be being lumped in with them now. Yeah, so I find that the worrying. The lines between him and Zach is pretty much known at this point, then, if that's the case. Yeah, I, I noticed it a couple of times this week that Jordan basically is an honorary member of the Chop Shop. Oh well, yeah, because Greg was talking to him about uh, the backdooring plan, and then Jordan just pretty much just uh, rang him out for it, if I recall correctly, saying that Greg has no idea. We just got one more thing to discuss, like the things we, the, you know, the who do we want, who do we want to win, who do we think is going to going home. The problem is, you guys both know the HOH and the nominations, and I don't. I only know HOH. I don't know nominations. Ben knows nominations. I don't know the veto, though. Veto hasn't been played yet because it's either forced veto or uh, double veto. On, on that note, if it is double veto, there's two veto competitions, just as a point. Looking at the looking at the poll on the website, it says that they've got two chances to play for veto if it's double veto, basically. So, yeah. Uh, are we going to discuss this? Who's going to win? 
Who's going to win? I'm going to say Sarah's probably the safest bet for me. I'll stick with Willow. Uh, I think I'll stick with Willow too. As in, I think she's going to win it. I mean, I don't want her, but I think she's going to. And who's going to get evicted? That's a hard one. Yeah, especially with the, especially with the where the veto is concerned. I'm going to hope and say Godfrey. What? Well, again? <laughs> because, assuming that a chop shop person wins HOH, which is a fair bet, I think that if the double veto is played right, then the four people who I want to stay in will stay in, and then Godfrey's probably the uh, the most likely of the chop shop to get evicted by the chop shop. Logan, who do you th- who do you think is going to be evicted this week? Yeah. I think it'll still be Johnny. Johnny. I think Pe- I think Peely. Because, like, you know, it's either Peely or Godfrey is going to leave. I think. It can't be Godfrey. It cannot be Godfrey. I'm off the Godfrey train. He was good in, he was good at the, he was good in the pre-show stuff, but he's, you know, a dud so far. So I'm off the Godfrey tra- train. And as for Want... Want is fairly obvious given your conversation over the past hour and a half, but basically everyone... But you? Well, obviously, anyone. I'll be happy with anyone from the job shop going home. Don't really care who it is. I mean, I, w- I want Bobby to go home purely because I wanted him to go home last week. But I, I'm perfectly happy with any of the job shop going home. I'd like for Bob, uh, Bobby to leave as well. Because, you know, same as last week. It'll do the most damage to the job shop. Yeah, I don't actually have that much of a problem with Bobby. But, you know, they should have... I wanted them to keep uh, Greg in. I will go along with you guys and say I want Bobby to go as well, just for the sole purpose of uh, not getting any blood in my hands for nominating somebody else to for who I want to be evicted. <laughs> and who do we want to win? Brittany or Sarah. Brittany's gone up massively in my estimation this week, given how well she played it. I think Risha is going to come back and she went through the KFC challenge, and she's going to take it all. If not, I, I'll still go with the I'll still go with the Godfrey victory. Oh, I, uh, it's not the revival pass from Amazing Race China, Logan. It's not going to be everyone in the house picking who they want to come back. Hey, Risha's got her talents. We just haven't been able to see it yet. Risha was the first person this season to puke. Anyway, as as for who I'd like to, I, I want to win. Well, obviously, Brit, uh, Brittany or Sarah. And for and like, if there was some reason to leave before the leave for jury, um, I guess Willow. Or Johnny, I don't know. Like that, that, that's where my, that's where my, you know, that's where my seeds are planted. So, um, one more thing. When do we think the jury's going to start? Is it going to be a really small jury like normal with Canada, or are they going to go like ridiculous jury this week, early season? I think they'll start it with nine. What nine people left, or nine people left? Yes. Yeah, I mean. Last season, we did have the six jurors in Canada. So I wouldn't be surprised if they do, like, eight jurors in Canada or something. I just get the feeling that they're going to start it a bit earlier. So thank you for listening to us. We'll be back next week for another recap episode of Yankast. If you want to follow us, any of us on Twitter, you can do so in the handles posted in the description on the video. And you can join the three of us to recap the upcoming episode of Amazing Race 26 at uh, the weekend. See you next week. Bye. Hashtag two five zero. Hashtag ginger ninja. Peace. Peace.